At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen. From our Gold Series soybean and game-changing corn portfolios to our expert insights housed in the Illuminate Digital Agronomy Platform, everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you. This is how we listen. Copyright 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks used herein are the property of a Syngenta Group company. All other trademarks are the property of their respective owners. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You are listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Mile High Huddles, Chad Jensen, and Zach Kelberman. Freeman is back there, blocked by Larry. Caught for the touchdown! A two-yard laser! Fumangali from the University of Wisconsin. Third and goal of the one. Lindsey is in. Janovich for fullback. Janovich hit. Nice big hit there by Kendrick. He continues to dig. He's not. They call a touchdown! They call a touchdown on a one-yard jump inside. Trying to set up the screen to his tight end, Noah Fang. He's got some room to run. He cuts it back at the 10. Fang takes it in. Touchdown, Denver. The first NFL touchdown for the rookie tight end out of Iowa. And zone caught. Touchdown, Cortland Sutton. His fifth career touchdown, but his first here in Denver. And now, here are Broncos Country's football priests to help you exercise the demons of another doomed season. I am exercise the demons. This house is clear. Live once again. Joining you on a Thursday evening across Broncos country, it is the Huddle Up Podcast. Coming to you live on YouTube, simulcasting as well on Facebook. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me as always, my partner in crime, you know him, you love him. As the lead NFL writer for Heavy.com, columnist at MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, we've got a Thursday, you know, whenever we do the Mile High Mailbag live pods, we're interrupting, if you will whatever the Thursday night game is going on tonight, it's the Cowboys and looks like the bears who you got in this one. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I feel I'm not a big believer in the bears this year, Chad. I think they were a lot better last year. I'm not a big believer in Trubisky or whoever they're trotting out a quarterback this week. I think the Cowboys are ticked off enough and I think they have the talent to win this game, even at Chicago. So I think uh, the offense is going to have a nice game for Dallas. I'm taking them tonight. A lot of people already hanging out in the room, talking amongst yourselves. We love the community that is growing up around the podcast, both on YouTube, Facebook, wherever people listen to the show. It doesn't make a difference where they listen to the show. We're happy that you're listening to the show, period. And it's especially cool when you hang out with us yep. live and you know we can engage with you. And what's up, Travis and Stu and Buona Beast? Your Buona Beast is always one of the first people in the room. Flippant Booch. I'm trying to figure out what that – I mean, I know what flippant means. What's flippant booch? That's a that's a unique handle you got there. It's like an dog. old Xbox uh, Live gamer tag. Yeah. <laughs> Noble Young, Alicia, Miss Christy, what's going on, everybody? Yeah, we, uh, we're going to kind of mosey through and talk about some of the storylines that came out of Dub Valley today, specifically with Rich Scangarello addressing what – you know, his his take, his grade, if you will, on Drew Locke's debut last week against the Chargers. We're going to get to all that here in just a second. First, a couple of quick matters of business. A reminder, make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. That's just simply the best way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And then don't forget to take a minute when you get some time. 
head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a creative review. And if you like what Zach and I are doing, a five-star rating on the Huddle Up podcast, and that kills two birds with one stone. It enters you into our drawing, our giveaway, which we're going to announce here tonight in just a minute, uh, that, that we give away some swag, some a hat, a shirt, whatever it might be. We randomly select one or two names from the previous month's reviewers on Apple Podcasts, send you out some swag as a thank you for supporting the show. So it enters you into that, and it's just a phenomenal way for you to organically support the Huddle Up podcast. So take care of that business. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And Zach, while I'm pulling this up, because I do want to announce the winners, I've we, we pre-selected them here from the month of November. By the way, these names that we're going to announce is the winners of some swag from our Apple podcast giveaway for the month of November. If you are the person who is who left this review, uh, make sure you reach out to us at milehighhuddle at gmail.com and let us know so we can get your personal details and get you out. Uh, what is coming your way, whether it be a hat, a shirt, and let us know what your shirt size is also, by the way. And here's who won for the month of November. Let me pull out the names here. All right, so there's Rich, 38 years old from SoCal, gave the Huddle Up podcast a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. He says, great addition to Broncos country. Rich, make sure you reach out to us, milehighhuddle at gmail.com, so we can connect with you on your personal deets. And then also we have to go with AP Blitz, five-star rating as well on Apple Podcasts. I love you guys. The knowledge and your approach to the game is incredible. Thank you, AP Blitz. Both of you, make sure you reach out to us at Gmail. Zach, it's great seeing the feedback as well that we get from our awesome listeners when they do take some time and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It is, and it's tough to only pick two reviews at a time, Chad. We get so many that come in and so many great, so much support, so many great reviews. We appreciate it, and we see everyone. Nothing goes unnoticed, and we, like always, always tell you guys, we genuinely, genuinely are touched by the support. All right, guys, let's shift gears here. I want to talk about Rich Scangarello because up to this point, we've heard multiple times since Drew Locke debuted against the Chargers last Sunday – We've heard multiple times from Vic Fangio. You can tell he's kind of getting, I wouldn't say necessarily sick of the lock questions, but already they've worn thin on him. We've heard from him, though, that in his estimation, Drew Locke, you know, he's not, he doesn't want to go too far out over his skis trying to compliment the kid that went 18 of 28 for 134 yards, a couple of touchdowns, also an interception. He's trying to keep it realistic, but he has used words like promising and encouraging. He, especially Vic Fangio, complimented Drew Locke in that he wasn't sure whether or not he was going to be able to show command and 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 poise pre-snap, coming out of the huddle, getting through the plays, commanding it from the uh, from under center and all that. And he was pleasantly surprised by what he saw from Drew Locke, especially considering Zach, his 10-week exile, if you will, uh, while he was on injured reserve. Well, Rich Scangarello, we finally get a chance to hear from him today on Thursday. Some of you will be listening to this podcast after the fact. This was Rich Scangarello on Thursday. He said, quote, he's a young quarterback 
that he turned over, he turned one over on a play that he had gotten a look at all week that he expected something to happen. It's live and it's a little bit different, and he kind of got baited. That's something that he's got to bank all in. It's just a comfort, the routine, and the ease of which just playing the game comes from not doing anything for eight weeks. He was anxious early, to say the least. His pregame routine, all that, it's all foreign to him. Zach, he settled in, though, after the first series, and I thought he showed great poise, close quote, which I think lines up pretty well to what passed the eye test, Zach, as far as you could tell, especially that first series when Locke went three and out. He was feeling some, some jitters, some early game jitters that he overcame and, you know, back-to-back scoring, touchdown scoring possessions that ensued following the three and out. But your thoughts on Rich Gangarello saying he thought he showed great poise. I mean, he was pretty much echoing what Elway said in a previous interview about Locke's recognition and the way he was breaking the game down to his coaches and to fellow players. A lot of it is coach speak, and a lot of it they're kind of searching for a positive with Drew Locke's game because, like you said, his stats didn't blow anyone away even though he had the two touchdowns. He was inaccurate at first, and his uh, he didn't throw for many yards. But what I like about Locke is the same thing that Scangarello likes, same thing that Elway likes. He settled down. He rebounded. It never got too big for him. It never got too much for him. Sometimes it takes quarterbacks years for the game to slow down, but I think we saw it over the course of a quarter, over the course of a play, Locke was getting more comfortable and more familiar as the game went on. So like we always talk about, Chad, you either have that or you don't. That's either built inside of you or it's not. And I think the Broncos are celebrating the fact they finally got a guy that has that quality. Amen to that. Christy jumping in with a $10 donation on Super Chat, one of our consistent Super Chat superstars, keeping the lights on keeping us in in health and happiness here at the Huddle Up Podcast. She says, I'm ready for another win. Could you imagine if Drew Locke wins on the road in Houston, which is extremely Mm. unlikely, but if he does, he'll be only the second – no, the third quarterback in Broncos history ever, the third rookie quarterback to win their first two starts. John Elway did it. Can Drew Locke follow suit and uh, match, anyway, what his – his boss did. Now, Dylan jumping in as well with a $15 donation box for chat. Appreciate you, bro. Happy Thursday, fellas. I wish Elway would go ahead and sign Justin Simmons to an extension already. Also, I'd like to know what's keeping Juwan Winfrey as a healthy scratch. Tackling the the last thing he said first, Zach, we touched on this a little bit yesterday, but I really think the biggest reason why you're not seeing Juwan Winfrey hit the field is two things. One, the Broncos got Tim Patrick back, and they think quite a lot of Tim Patrick. And two, coaches just simply don't play rookies unless they have no choice. Right, and he was always a raw player, even in college, and the Broncos knew that. And, and like we always talk about, a lot of this Broncos draft class, including uh, Noah Fan, they made those selections for 2020 and beyond. It wasn't necessarily about 2019. So the Broncos are really focused on having Deshaun Hamilton more involved. He was a, a mid-round draft pick. They like Tim Patrick. They have Corlton Sutton blossoming. They have Philip Lindsay going. They're getting Locke going. There's only so many reps that can go around, only so many players that can get involved and make a contribution. I think next year when the herd thins out a little bit and they have some continuity with the quarterback and the coaching staff, they'll get Winfrey on the field, see what he can do. He's still a good talent, but he was always going to take some time after the Broncos drafted him. Very true. And then with Justin Simmons, I mean, we've heard John Elway say it multiple times. Vic Fangio has said that he thinks Simmons has a bright future ahead of him here in Denver. Simmons has been, you know, he's chosen his words carefully when he's spoken on the topic of what his future holds. But it's clear that he would like to stay in Denver if at all possible. It's going to come down to the money. And the sooner the Broncos can get to that with Justin Simmons, the better. I think the sooner they get to it, Zach, the better the odds are going to be of them being able to lock him down at some kind of uh, maybe not a discount, but a slight team friendly, you know, nod. But if they let him hit the open market in March. I'm telling you right now, you might as well just franchise tag him if you're going to do that because there are going to be a ton of teams out there willing to just throw the checkbook at Justin Simmons. If they would have re-signed him before the season, the Broncos would have saved themselves some even more money than that than would have waited now, and he's having a really Pro Bowl-type caliber season. But if they sign him now, they would save more, like you said, Chad, if they would have waited until March. So if they just want to get a jump on the things, they can save themselves a few bucks. But I think either way, they're going to have the cap space. They have the desire and they have the talent on both sides to make it happen. They have the inclination. I really do think that um, no matter what, 
Simmons will be playing in Denver next year. And he's a type of player, unlike Chris Harris Jr. or Manuel Sanders before he left, he's a type of guy that I think would give the Broncos a little bit of a break. Not yeah. too much, but I think right. a little bit of a hometown discount for taking a chance on him and sticking with him and helping his talent blossom. So either way, he'll be in Denver for the long haul. I agree. Chris Hernandez, one of our Super Chat superstars. You got Thank a shirt you, coming your way, by the way, brother. So be checking your the, the mail here in the near future. You might have already gotten it. But if not, keep an eye out. $21 donation. Chris says, dig in the new podcast intro, too. Mm. Everyone's got to check it out. That's right. We do have – we're kind of rotating it in and out. We got the network over uh, Overtime Media made us up a new intro for the podcast. And, uh, you know, it's got a few game clips. It's, it even has a Troy Fumagalli sighting clip from his <laughs> one touchdown reception earlier this year. And then also it's got a uh, funny little um, Ace Ventura. No, is it Ace? Yeah, it is. But Jim Carrey, never, nonetheless, talking about exercising the demons. So we're glad that you find that entertaining, Chris. And as always, we appreciate you big time, brother. John jumping in, Houston, with a $5 donation Thank on you, Super John. Chat. Also, I, I found you on Twitter, John. Saw that you followed the podcast on, on uh, Twitter, so good to connect with you there. He says, I heard that Elway tried to trade back into the first round for Locke. Why do you think he slipped to the second round? He has more talent than Haskins or Jones. We've heard some things. Um, let me just put it this way without uh, going out on too much of a limb here. John Elway and the Broncos kept a very close and diligent eye on the teams that when they, after they traded back to grab Noah Fant in between that pick and the Dalton Reisner pick, I'm sure there were conversations made with other teams about trading back into the first round, but people keep saying, you know, the Broncos passed on Drew Locke three times. And while that's true, because they traded back from 10 to pick 20, that was the first pass. Pick 20 was no offense. That's the second pass. Dalton Reisner at pick 41, that's the third pass that people like to reference. But in reality, they only passed on him twice because they ended up taking Dalton Reisner at 41 after they already had the trade locked in and done to move up to 42 to grab Locke. If they're unable to get that trade done, Zach, maybe Dalton Reisner is not a Bronco and pick 41 ends up being Drew Locke. I don't know. That's, that's uh, you know – We'll never know the, the exact way that that would have shaken out in an right. alternate football universe. But the bottom line is he's a Bronco. The Broncos viewed him as a top 10 caliber quarterback, a first round talent at, at worst. So they consider themselves extremely fortunate to get him, Zach, in the second round. Do you agree with John's premise here that he's more talented than Dwayne Haskins and Jones? Let's just say from a traits perspective. I mean, I happen to like Locke in that class more than those other two quarterbacks. I just, it's all about preference. It's such, it's such a subjective thing. And even in the NFL, 32 GMs can't come into a consensus. And that's why Locke fell where he did. Look at Tom Brady. The guy was a six round draft pick. Sometimes players just slip down the draft board for no possible reason. I am not a Daniel Jones believer. Haskins, I was wavy on. Uh, Locke in this quarterback class, I happen to like the most. Maybe, um, that he doesn't agree with that, with that premise, but I don't want to look at hindsight. I think the Broncos made out very well for themselves and we all forget that Locke in the pre-draft process had a first round grade a top five grade in some mock drafts I mean the guy was rising up draft boards and I think in another draft if in certain things broke a different way I think he would have been in the first round but I'm not willing to look back I'm not, I'm not willing to second guess the Broncos they came out of that with a tight end of the future uh, a perennial pro bowl if not all pro linemen and their potential quarterback of the future in the first three rounds so I think the Broncos did pretty well in that hall this is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. 
The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. I do as well. I mean, it might not pay the type of immediate dividends that some fans want. You know, the Broncos are going to probably end up with a losing record this year. But come 2020, I'm telling you, we already know what kind of player Dalton Reisner is. Noah Fant has already posted a an all-time rookie season for a Denver Broncos tight end. And Drew Locke, if he can continue to progress and show the promise that he did in that first game, you know, I'm hoping that Scangarello and Vic Fangio will increasingly begin to take the training wheels off because they did, <clears throat> excuse me, they did, uh, you know, they're extremely conservative with him, especially after they got outside of the scripted portion of Scangarello's game plan. But, I mean, I think it's going to continue to pay dividends for this team, but especially it's a it's a future type of deal here. Now, Buona Beast, he hung out in the room early, Zach. Let's get to his question. He says, can you tell us about the center we picked up from the Steelers? Is this uh, to look at a future center in practice in case McGovern is not brought back or was he picked up for this year's roster? No, Buona Beast, that is definitely a um, – you know, it's a looking ahead type of move. It's hedging their bet type of move right. in case things don't work out with Connor McGovern in free agency. They acquired uh, Corey Levin or Levin, however you pronounce his last name. I've heard it both ways. Um, off waivers from the Tennessee Titans, if you can remember, right after the final roster cutdowns beginning of September. He didn't last too long on the roster before they moved on from him. <clears throat> he might have actually even been signed from someone else. I can't remember now off the top of my head. But anyway, they've the only other backup – interior guy that that could possibly fit as a center is Austin Schlotman, but they like him more as a guard. So when they have the opportunity to sign Patrick Morris, who went undrafted out of TCU last year, ended up signing with the Pittsburgh Steelers where he spent his entire rookie campaign on the practice squad, Zach. But that year, 2018, Patrick Morris was under the wing of Mike Munchak. And of course, we know Munchak now in Denver, as soon as the opportunity arose this year when he hit waivers, the Broncos pounced, and that was the corresponding move when they put Derek Wolf on IR. I don't want Broncos fans to look into this move uh, in more ways than one. Obviously, Mike Munchak is not this this god, is not this end all be all of coaching because he would have got a better season, I think, out of Garrett Bowles. And also, this is uh, future contract season. The, the, a lot of teams in this month in December, going into January, they bring in a bunch of players and they sign them to reserve future contracts for next offseason. This is not a guy that's going to be starting. The only thing I will say though is if they pick up a center, it would allow the Broncos some flexibility. They can move McGovern back to guard. They can do several things with their backup lineman on the roster, but this is just a bottom of the roster type move. Uh, it's a, an early scouting move for 2020. Do not read too much into this pickup. Yeah, it's just simply getting a look-see at a player that Munchak had comfortability and familiarity with and it's a little bit of a preemptive just in case type situation if things go sideways with Connor McGovern now Travis Bruley wants to know what we think about the Broncos drafting a quarterback with the first pick and Zach I am of the opinion at this stage and I was of the opinion before Locke ever even debuted but I think the Broncos need to completely take quarterback off the board as a top three round option Maybe if you had uh, the Clemson kid coming out this year, which he's not going to, you consider it. But Drew Locke, he needs a full year, if not more, as the starter with the full faith and support of the organization around him. He is a talented young player from a skill set perspective and traits perspective. Zach, he's I I would concur with the previous comment that you know he's arguably the most talented next to Kyler Murray, possibly in the draft class this past, uh, this past draft, yeah. definitely more so than Jones from a toolsy traits perspective and Haskins arm strength, athleticism. He has them both in spades over those two guys. Now you get into the Kyler Murray weeds and that's a pretty unique and talented dude, but locks up there. I'm telling you, it was more of an anomaly and more of a, 
result of the way the first round unfolded in terms of the quarterback needy teams getting their quarterback early. And I think some of those teams are going to rue their decision to pass on Drew Locke because the biggest issue with Locke isn't necessarily does he have the talent, Zach. The question is, does he have the it factor and does he possess it between the ears? Yeah. We've already seen that he's an, he's the antithesis to Paxton Lynch in terms of how he came in and attacked the responsibility of learning the playbook, You know, figuring out life as a pro. He was diligent in that 10-week exile on injured reserve in terms of going through each and every practice twice through virtual reality, keeping his nose in the playbook. I just don't think there's any reason to consider a quarterback high in the draft this year. And I honestly don't, just based on what I've heard and what people I've talked to. Zach, I don't think the Broncos are thinking that way at all. I don't either. And it would have taken Drew Locke absolutely face planning for multiple weeks in a row. I'm talking disastrous outings every single week for the Broncos, I think, to even consider going quarterback with their first pick. They have bigger fish to fry. And I think Locke's win, that win last week, bought him enough through 2019 and I think enough through 2020. Now that assuages a lot of the Broncos qualms about Drew Locke. So no, quarterback's not going to be a first pick. And like you said, Chad, I'd be surprised if they picked a quarterback before round three. If anything, it'll be another Brett Rippon type of developmental guy to throw on the roster. They're always going to have them um, in excess for Skangrello to develop. You can never have too many, but I don't see a quarterback being around one option. You need a corner, you need linemen, you need a receiver. They have other fish to fry. Dropped your pocket jumping in with a $15 donation on Super Chat. Appreciate you. It says, finally got to listen to the pod live. Usually I'm at work. Keep up the good work. Yeah, it's great to have you, man. It is great to have you and uh, glad you can be with us. Christy wants to know if you're feeling better. Zach, you feeling I you, am. Are you over the sniffles? Right. Yeah, I'm feeling. I'm not 100%. Right, I'm a little, little congested, but I'm okay. People keep wanting to know what's on the dry erase board behind you. <laughs> let's just answer I, the question. I mean, let's drop the mystery. I did have, because I have to, you know, keep my eye on both teams. It is the Cowboys roster back there, but that's that's basically all it is. It's their depth chart, which I've memorized by now. So. Right. So here's what it is, all right? Most of you have been listening to the show and following what Zach and I do for a long time. Some of you might be new and don't know this story, but Zach and I were together, of course, at Mile High Huddle 24-7 Sports for a couple of years together basically and then when 24 7 sports decided to get out of the nfl business and make 24 7 sports a 100 percent college platform we had to seek uh opportunities elsewhere i took mile high huddle to sports illustrated and zach who you know he's still with me on mile high huddle we continue doing the huddle up podcast covering the broncos but he also took a job as the lead nfl writer for heavy.com which includes covering, spending a lot of time covering the Dallas Cowboys because if you're a lead writer and you're covering the NFL as the lead writer, obviously the Cowboys are one of those teams you got to keep an eye on. So Zach had to do a kind of a crash course, if you will, on learning the Cowboys roster and the whole nine yards, and that's what you're seeing there behind him. But uh, don't worry, he's still he, he's still got two eyes on your Denver Broncos, and and that's and- why we're able to drop knowledge with you each and every day here on the podcast. So. Two eyes and a heart right here, all for the Broncos. Don't do not worry, guys. Dean says, "Hey, what's up, guys? Just so you know that you guys are the best, especially in the knowledge you have of the Broncos. Appreciate you, Dean. Thank you, Dean. So, with Drew Locke in the mix now, where do you see us in the 2020 season after the draft? I mean, Drew looked just phenomenal and elite as a quarterback. What more could you mm-hmm. ask for? Go Broncos. Well, I'm not going to say he looked uh, elite. I'm. I'll, I'll say this." I, I concur with Vic Fangio and I concur with Scangarello. Encouraging, promising, poised, showed off the arm talent, showed off the athleticism, showed off some command, also made some rookie mistakes. He missed a few reads, missed a few throws with those early game jitters, Zach, through the pick that he knew. Like he, they, Rich Scangarello talked about this and I've heard it on other, talking to other players this week, we've heard it, that that was, the play in which Denzel Perryman dropped back and picked off Drew Locke, that was something that they had identified on tape, and he just missed it. He just assumed that he wasn't going to drop to that depth and didn't pay attention, and it was a rookie mistake. And even he talked about that, you know, he's 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 going to learn from that, as Scangarello said today, got to bank that. But there was a lot of good, absolutely encouraging, but there was also some bad. It was a rookie debut. So – we can't get out over our skis. At the very least, Zach, he's a player that you got to be excited to see what the future holds, including all of 2020. Like yeah. if the Denver Broncos do anything to uh, obscure the path for him as being the guy in 2020, 
it's going to be so irritating to have to cover that and explain that to fans why they're not just anointing Drew Locke because at this stage, he is easily the most talented quarterback on this roster. You need to build around him and get into what Dean's saying here, what we see in the 2020 season after the draft. I see, Zach, the Broncos going out in the draft or free agency and building this all line continuing to put wood on the fire, if you will, and build that nest around Drew Locke. Go find him a dynamic number two wide receiver. Go find the defense some some competent corners so that if Chris Harris ends up being one of those, great. But if not, either way, Bryce Callahan has someone that can hang with him next year, and it's not the weakness that it is this year. Um, I would consider myself one of the bigger Drew Locke supporters, and I think I'm higher on his ceiling overall with the Broncos than most, but I wouldn't say he was phenomenal or elite in that game. I think he had a, like Chad said, he was a rookie in a lot of ways, good and bad, and the best word I can label Drew Locke after only one start is promising, but it really speaks to the level of desperation in a good way in Broncos country for a franchise quarterback. I mean, the fans are thirsting for that guy to step up, and even though he wasn't perfect, fans are still looking at Drew Locke, a guy who made his first start after so many months on the shelf as phenomenal and elite. I think that's encouraging, and I think it's a good look for the Broncos to finally have that hope back in the fan base of having that guy under center. He can be phenomenal. He can be elite. He has to get there, though. He's he's far from it right now. He has a lot to work on still, but it's very, very promising. Dylan jumping in with a $5 donation Thank again, you, back in with uh, a comment, build the nest. Amen, brother. Hashtag that, build the nest. I'm right there with you. And Zach is as well. Let's see what Russell has to say here. What's up with our second halves? Could that be Scangarello, or is this just a byproduct of coming out so fast in the first half? It's honestly, and Elway even complained about this a little bit on Elway Access, that little segment he does every week with Broncos TV that you can find on the team website, also on the team's YouTube channel if you want to go check it out. I, I make sure to watch it each and every week because it's only two one of two opportunities we get each and every week to hear from Elway on the pressing issues of, of the Denver Broncos. The other one's on KOA radio. So it's just, it's appointment uh, watching for me because you want to hear what he has to say, but he brought up Zach that, you know, Scangarello is a first time coordinator. He's done a lot good. We've seen that his offense can work for the Broncos in this league by the way, this team has put up points and yards in the first and second quarter, mostly the first quarter, but in the first half, let's just say, but it's all comes back when the, when the Broncos are still on that 15 to 20 play script that Scangarello structures in the game plan ahead of time. Then what happens is once they get through that 15 to 20 plays worth of, of the script, then it comes down to, as you say, choosing the right play, you know, play selection becomes an art for coordinators on both sides of the ball. One of the greatest things about Wade Phillips is that he, as a defensive coordinator, it's not exactly apples to apples, but as a play caller on the defensive side of the ball, Zach, he has a phenomenal talent and knack for being able to call the right play in the right moment that's going to get the right result for his team. And that's something that takes time. It takes repetition. It takes, you know, swings at the plate. And Rich Gangarello is still so new on the job as a coordinator in the NFL. It's just taking time. There's an upload process. There's a buffering process. I think it will improve. He just needs to not be so conservative and and he needs to stop calling and and designing plays based around fear and base it more around because human beings are motivated by one of two things. It's either hope of gain or fear of loss. Okay. As a coordinator, Rich Gangarello has telegraphed to all of us, Zach, he is more motivated by fear of loss than he is hope of gain. And he needs to flip that paradigm on its axis. It's like in the first half of games, he's in the the kitty section of the pool with floaties on his arms and everything's fine. But when the second half rolls around, the Broncos get punched in their face. They're taken off and he's thrown into the deep end and he's just flailing around. That's the best way to describe the Broncos offense right now on the play calling in the second half. When one thing goes awry, if they lose a lead, if they get a turnover or whatever, it's just they go completely off their game plan. It's like he goes into a shell and he gets scared. He cannot coach like that. So yeah, the second half, I don't put it on the players that are following their play calls. That is all Scangarello, all fans, you know, being rookie coaches, inexperienced coaches. That will come with experience, the aggression, and the confidence. But right now, it's costing the Broncos ball games. Happened in Minnesota. 20-point lead at halftime, and they go into a complete shell like they're up 100 points. Even if you are up 100 points, you always go for the kill shot. You never stop. You never stop until that clock hits three zeros. That's what Belichick has done for 20 years. That's why he's winning. You always have to stay aggressive until the game is finally over. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. 
Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. John jumping in with a $5 donation again on Super you, Chat. John. Appreciate you, bro. He says, the only QB Elway would take next year would be Justin Herbert. That's the Oregon quarterback for those who don't know. I think Locke is a better pro prospect than Herbert. Herbert lacks leadership and is inconsistent. I would agree with that. I would take Locke. I mean, let's say Locke came out this year and he's coming out the same year as Herbert. I would be more into Drew Locke as a prospect than Herbert. Have you ever listened to Herbert talk? He sounds like he's 16. Yeah. Leadership is an issue. I mean, you know, remember how we've talked about how Locke has the it factor. He's QB one mentality. I mean, the quintessential example of that, Zach, is when he sat down at the podium at the the senior bowl and just commanded the room. Like all those report all media on site in that moment were like, wow, Drew Locke, man, he just he you can tell this is a guy that at least has the charisma and face and ability to lead a franchise and be that guy. And Herbert doesn't have that, Zach. He just I don't know. If you've ever listened to him talk, he seems like he's extremely shy introverted person and then that also trickles down to you know quarterbacks need to be leaders and if you're a shy and introverted person how are you going to lead guys on the field in an extremely competitive violent you know uber passionate endeavor that is the game of football it's like i said it's all subjective when it comes to how you feel about a quarterback stacked up against another but if i had my way i would rather the broncos keep lock on the roster they already invested a pick in him than rather spend a, another first round pick on a quarterback and go with herbert i think lock has better arm talent i think he's a better leader like chad said i think he's a better quarterback for what the broncos want to do and where the game is becoming there's a lot more i feel a lot more bus factor with herbert in the first round than yes. there is with lock in the second round oh yeah Absolutely. I would agree with that 110%. Stu, our super Thank chat you. superstar, Always. one of our Thank most you. consistent supporters, jumping in, $20 donation. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, so we'll see how it shakes out. I, I really don't think, though, Zach, the Broncos are strongly considering quarterback in the first round. It would take Locke in these last four games. I mean, Nathan Peterman-level incompetence. Let's see what else we got here. Even then, though, I don't really see it happening. It yeah. was just, you you got to give him the time. Yeah. You, just, you have to give him the time to soak it in here. Let's see what, what Nick says. How did either of you become Bronco fans? Just curious. I was literally shown a photo of all 32 teams, and as a young kid, I chose the Broncos symbol, and from there began growing a love for the game, DB4L, Denver Broncos for life. I mean, for me, honestly, the way the Broncos, my my story is going to be a lot more similar to those of you listening and watching the show right now than probably Zach's. Zach's came from, and I'll let him tell it, but he came from a professional perspective to cover the team. Yeah. 
And I grew up as a kid in the uh, a kid born in the late 70s, growing up in the 80s. John Elway posters on the wall. That that was me. So Denver Broncos have been something I've paid close attention to and been a fan of as a kid, 30-something years. Then I started covering them as, you know, circa 2012-ish and doing what I do now, founded Mile High Huddle in 2014. And it's kind of interesting because I can remember the days still, Zach, when when the Broncos were playing, stomach tightened up in knots, anxious, you know, how my rest of my week would go was contingent on did the Broncos win? Like that's how important it was to me as a fan, as I'm sure many of you listening right now are nodding your heads. It's the same way over time for me, once it became my job to cover the team and analyze the team and follow each and every storyline and make sense of it all. What does it all mean? The games, the stakes of the games became smaller. It doesn't, for me, it's, you know, my, my, mood and health and happiness doesn't hinge on whether or not the Broncos win. Now it's always better when they win. I want to see them win. I want to see this team succeed. But one of the coolest moments was seeing them win the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning in 2015. That was, that was just a cool opportunity and uh, something I'll, I'll never forget as both a fan and someone covering the teams at. Yeah. Like Chad said, I ended up covering the Broncos uh, three years ago now for uh, 24-7 sports, the now defunct 24-7 sports NFL department. And uh, that just led me to the Broncos. It led me to Denver. I actually didn't grow up a Broncos fan. I grew up a Jets fan, a diehard Jets fan. And just like Chad was saying, if you are at that level, whenever, when you were younger, if they would win or lose, that would dictate how you feel. And one of my first football memories is 98 AFC championship game. When the Jets were up 10 nothing on Denver at half, and then the Broncos came back and won that game. So I was always, from a young age, I guess, intimately familiar with the Broncos, and they kind of just stuck with me over the course of my life. Yep, and the football fates, the football gods, if you will, brought these two football priests together yes. to do what we do now for you guys here on the Huddle Up podcast and Mile High Huddle. Keone says, how's it going, guys? Good to see you. How can I donate to the show? If you find it the kindness of your heart to donate to the show, the only way to do it is through YouTube. You got to f- subscribe to Mile High Huddle on YouTube. Uh, pretty easy to find. And then when we go live like this, there's an option where you can donate on Super Chat. Pretty intuitive. You just got to follow the show on YouTube, follow the channel, I should say, subscribe to H- Mile High Huddle. And then when we go live, instead of watching it from Facebook, you're watching it from YouTube, and then you can donate as you see fit. We appreciate you even considering it. Um, we'll grab a couple more guys, and then we'll get out of here. I guess, you know, we should probably start turning our attention. We usually we leave the heavy lifting as it relates previewing the upcoming opponent to Nick and Carl on building the Broncos. They do such a good job on the scouts eye preview of breaking down the upcoming opponent, matchups to watch, strengths, weaknesses. But Zach, let's just touch on this for now. How are you feeling about the Broncos going in to an eight and four Houston Texans team? They lost last year, close game. If McManus hits that final field goal, Broncos beat the Texans last year in Denver. Lots changed since then. New head coach, new quarterback. This time they're going to be on the road. And the Broncos are facing basically the number nine. They're a top 10 offense, mostly top five in the key categories. I think they're going to have to put up some points if they even want to come close to winning this one. Yeah, the Texans are a good team, and they're coming off a big, big statement win against the Patriots, but that can work against them, too. They can get too a big of a head, the Texans. They can read their own press clippings, and they can take the Broncos for granted. That would give the Broncos an, an in there. I'm not necessarily worried about wins and losses in this game. I want to see Locke's progression. If he can hang with Deshaun Watson, if he can put up some points, even if they lose, that's a win, and that's a positive for Denver. It's going to be tough to upset Houston on the road. Great offense, good defense. They're a playoff-caliber team this year. But I just want to see a positive, not moral victories, but just progression from Drew Locke in the offense. That would be enough for me, even if the Broncos lose. Same here. I'm not going to disagree with that one whit. I'll tell you where it's actually becomes intriguing. If the Broncos, I mean, because we know they're going to have to put up points. Vic Fangio, he'll he'll confound Deshaun Watson and the Bill O'Brien offense. He'll. I don't think they're going to go crazy, and and they might come close to scoring their average, which is 24.4 but I'm going to bet they come in just under 24 points. And I think it's because Fangio knows how to get after and, and confuse young quarterbacks that are still learning how to read a defense. And this is Deshaun Watson's third year, but he still is very much learning as he goes as well, even as great as he is. But here's where it becomes still though, still they're going to score points. So here's where it becomes compelling. Zach is 
Drew Locke's going to have to put up points if he wants to compete in this game. How, what is he faced with in that department? Well, you're going up against a Houston Texans defense. Zach, currently ranked 27th in total yards, currently ranked 25th in yards per play, currently ranked 17th in points per game. They're giving up almost 23 points per game. Net rushing, they're 19th. Almost every major statistical category defensively, they're in the bottom five or the bottom third. So this is a even though it's on the road, hostile environment, this is an opportunity for if you are Rich Scangarello, you're hearing the message from on high from John Elway that we need to do better in the second half. You, you know, you saw what Drew Locke could do in his debut. Zach, now it's time to open it up, take the training wheels off, let Locke go out and be what he wants to be, spread him out, let him do his thing. Yeah, I'm not going to talk up the Texans like they're the Ravens. And even if they were the Ravens, no team is unbeatable in the NFL. Any given Sunday can happen. If the Broncos are on top of their game, they can, and they have, they hung with most teams and they can beat most teams on top of their game. This is a definitely beatable opponent, especially on defense. That's why I'm saying if Locke can at least hang with Deshaun Watson, they have a chance of pulling out an upset here. But I just want to see some touchdowns. I want to see some progression. And like Chad said, after a little bit of uh, horizontal football, east and west football, I want to see north and south. Throw it downfield, get Cortland Sutton involved, take chances and score some points. I'd be a happy guy. All right, guys, one last thing, and then we're going to wish you a good evening and let you get back to watching Thursday Night Football. I am going to show you – I'm going to share a screen with you real quick. What to watch for. And let me see if I can blow this up a little bit. Zach, can you read that on your screen, the Chris Harris Jr. part here on the right? Yeah, Okay. I can. So here's what to watch for you guys. Chris Harris Jr. needs one interception to join Mike Harden as the only Broncos with multiple interceptions in eight consecutive seasons. So that'd be a cool accomplishment for him to achieve. Even if this ends up being his last year in Denver, that'd be cool for him to join Mike Harden. Brandon McManus needs four field goals to pass Rich Carlos for fourth all-time in team history. Rich Carlos, of course, was the famous kicker from the 80s who kicked without a – use a barefoot kicker, basically. Von Miller, if he plays – it's probably maybe slightly better odds than 50-50 at this stage. But if he does, he needs one sack to pass Kevin Carter and Neil Smith getting into sole possession of 27th place on the NFL's all-time sack list. Needs two sacks to pass Elvis Doomerville for 26th place on the NFL's all-time sack list, which is interesting because Elvis, of course, one of his uh, mentors in this league. Justin Simmons needs two interceptions, Zach, to tie Steve Atwater, who has 12 for the third most interceptions among Broncos safeties through their first four professional seasons. So he's on pace to match easily the best safety in Denver Broncos history, Steve Atwater. And then lastly, Cortland Sutton, the last thing to watch for here, you guys, he needs four catches to become the fourth Bronco to reach 100 catches for his career through his first 29 games. The only other receivers to do that, well, not just receivers, Eddie Royal, Brandon Marshall, and running back Glenn Milburn. Sutton also needs 94 receiving yards, to become the third Bronco to reach 1,000 receiving yards in a single season by his second year, which has only been done by Brandon Marshall and Lionel Taylor's at. I'm, the only thing I can think of is if Chris Harris Jr. gets this interception, there's going to be no shutting the guy up. He's going to be flexing and bragging and speaking out about it, but it, it's it's really not about personal accomplishments to me. I, I don't really like individual accolades. If the team can win and spring an upset, that would be collectively better for their confidence. But in terms of Drew Locke, you mentioned – uh, the only other quarterback to win their first two starts was Elway. Is that what you said? Elway, and I can't remember the other guy's name now off the top of my head. You put me on the spot, Dan. <laughs> that's that's all I want to know about, though. If they, he can do that, if Locke, that's the only individual record I care about because this team will go as the quarterback goes. So if anyone's going to get a personal record, I'd prefer it to be Drew Locke in this game. Guys, it's always so much fun to hang out with you and engage in these conversations in the comment stream. So much to talk about, and it doesn't matter if it's a sleepy Wednesday or a Thursday night. You guys always bring the thunder and make these live podcasts so much fun for Zach and I. But that's got to do it for tonight's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. As always, make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at Huddle Up Pod. Best way to keep your finger on the pulse of the show. You can find my partner, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter, at Kelberman NFL, as you can see there. Myself, at Chad and Jensen. As always, you can tweet us directly. Use the hashtag FootballPriest. We're going to see it. Questions, or you can just wait till you get on the stream and ask them directly. We're always going to see it. Massive tip of the cap and a mile-high salute to our Super Chat superstars tonight. You know who you are. We appreciate each and every one of you. It is... Uh, 
I mean, it, we're, we're blown away by your support, and it means the world to, to both of us. So thank you very much. And, Zach, enjoy the rest of tonight's game. We'll see if the Cowboys can do what they can sure. to uh, keep the, the head coach's you know, job alive for another couple of weeks. Well, that's going to be a pretty uh, tall task for them. But I will see you Sunday, Chad. Hopefully we have good news for Broncos country after the game. Yep, so we will be back Sunday for the gut reaction immediately following Broncos Texans. So stay tuned for that. And then also you'll have a fresh episode of building the Broncos, the scouts I preview coming to you middle of Friday. You'll have that to listen to on Friday, Saturday. Plus I'm sure Eric trickle and Lance Sanderson are cooking up another episode of Dove Valley deep divers. So plenty of podcast content coming to you over the next couple of days between now and the game. So look forward to that for Zach Kelberman. I'm Chad Jensen. Thanks again, guys. We'll talk to you on Sunday. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.